Ryan Carson's death proves that knife defense is impossible. Or does it? Let's find out. Self-defense. Self-awareness. Self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of TheMartialist.net and PhilElmore.com. I am your host, the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. A 32-year-old man named Ryan Carson was stabbed to death in Brooklyn, in uh, Crown Heights. It didn't have to happen. It was completely avoidable. And this 32-year-old man was stabbed to death for nothing, for no reason whatsoever. Um, it's a tragedy. Uh, my sympathy for Ryan Carson's plight is a little mitigated by the fact that he was a panting, bedwetting leftist activist who never met a left-wing opinion he could not embrace. I've been told he was affiliated with Antifa, but we cannot have a society in which people get stabbed to death for the crime of being on the wrong street at the wrong hour. That brings us to the series of bad decisions that Ryan Carson made that got him killed. What I'm going to do is I'm going to run you through the video. It, was, it took me a while to find the full version of the video. There is surveillance video, pretty good surveillance video, of what happened to Ryan Carson and his date at 3.50 a.m. in uh, Crown Heights uh, in Brooklyn. It's bad. It's, I'm not going to lie to you. It's bad. And I can't show you the video because that's exactly the sort of thing that YouTube would take great delight in pulling the show for. So I'm going to describe to you what happened. And if you're listening to this on audio, you will benefit from the fact that I'm not showing the clip because I'm going to describe to you bit by bit what took place. I'm going to start the video. I'm looking at the video on Twitter and the Twitter account that had the unedited version of the video. A lot of news outlets put this out, uh, you know, the sort of the start of it and then the end of it where he's already blurred out and he's on the ground, probably dying or dead. So a young couple, 32-year-old Ryan Carson and his date, are sitting on a New York City bench. It has those struts in it that are used, uh, what do they call that, hostile architecture or something like that? Um it's used to prevent people from sleeping on the bench. So they're sitting on the bench. They're apparently waiting for a bus. A friend of mine told me that they were at a wedding. And so it's 3.50 in the morning. The wedding is concluded. They are clearly dressed to have been at a wedding. She's wearing some kind of a, it could be a bridesmaid's dress or it's a, an evening gown. It's, it's something that you wouldn't normally wear. He's wearing a, like a suit jacket and uh, matching pants. Like they look nice. On the street, we can see the usual piles of trash. And down the street, uh, next to some parked cars, is a pile of dark objects that I can't tell what they are, but they are clearly some manner of inanimate object. As the couple is sitting there, I guess waiting for a bus, a man walks by them. Now, I'm going to refer to uh, Ryan Carson as Carson because I think the name of this man might be Brian. We will, we will hear in coming days what his actual name was. A young woman will appear a little bit later in this clip and shout the name Brian. And I thought at first it was the date saying Ryan Carson's name, but I think now maybe it's Brian. So we have Carson, the victim, and Brian, the aggressor. Brian is smaller. He's considerably shorter than, than Carson. He is wearing a hoodie, and he walks past them on this street, doesn't give them a second glance. 
He's not interested in them. He's not targeting them. They might as well be shrubbery for all he cares. He walks by them. All right, I'm going to press play. We see Brian in his hoodie walk down the street. As he goes, Carson and his date get up from the bench for some reason. Now, this doesn't make any sense to me because if they're waiting for a bus, why would you get up from the bench? They are now traveling down the street in the same direction as Brian, who has just walked past them. They walk a few more steps, and Brian suddenly just leaps for the, the inanimate objects to the right. He's now kicking something that is sitting next to the curb, next to a couple of parked cars. Uh, it was, it was like, a, like a front kick. He's clearly an angry man. We can see Carson and his date in her blue dress continuing to walk towards Brian as he kicks this inanimate object. This is the first mistake. I'm going to talk about the series of mistakes as we analyze uh, this video. Brian is kicking something. He's clearly agitated. If you and your date are out on a city street in New York City, in Brooklyn, in Crown Heights at 3.50 in the morning, and you see a guy who's clearly very, very angry at someone or something who is not you, do not put yourself in his path. Go the other way. So the first mistake they made was continuing to walk towards this agitated man in this neighborhood at this time of night. I will press play on the video. Brian continues attacking the inanimate objects and he has now taken notice of them. He is now walking towards Carson, who has continued to take a few steps further down the street towards Brian, putting himself between the date in the blue dress and our aggressor. We can't really tell what they're saying, but at some point, Brian shouts out something along the lines of, back up or I'll kill you, MFR. It's very clear this is the second mistake. If you are out at night with your date and you encounter a man who's very angry about something and he tells you, back off or I'll kill you, the appropriate response is to take your date by the arm, say, you're absolutely right, sir, I'm very sorry, and go the other way as quickly as you can without looking like you're just sprinting for your life. But that's not what he did. They continue to interact. Now, he is advancing and Carson is backing up. Carson, because he has much longer reach, starts doing the one smart thing that he did during this whole altercation. He keeps putting his hand on the guy's chest. This keeps him at a distance, keeps him far enough away that he couldn't actually swing for our hero with his fists. Carson doesn't understand that this is not a fist fight. All right, we're going to keep playing Brian's hand is down at his side near his pocket and that's when he takes a swing he swings and it's either it's hard to tell because they're at the far end of the street in the surveillance video he swings and appears to make contact he has either slapped Carson or possibly he has slashed him with the knife that he is carrying we know he has a knife it's impossible to tell based on the resolution of this video whether or not that was a strike with a knife or just a slap with a hand. All right, let me press play again. Now, Carson is backing up and his body language has changed. He was putting himself between his date and the aggressor. He is now afraid. So this is why, in my, in my mind, 
he might have gotten slashed and now he's aware that he's taken some kind of injury he's not sure to what extent it is he just knows that he's now facing someone who actually means him harm he is backing up he's not looking where he's going and he is backing up in the direction of that bench this is important let me press play again he pushes the aggressor again who now very clearly has a knife in reverse grip in his right hand <laughs> i'm sorry i paused there because i was struck by the suddenness of it let me back up i need to back up a little bit so i can really tell what happens here let me do it in slow motion um the knife is out carson knows the knife is out you can very clearly see it even in this grainy video he pushes against the aggressor and then takes a step turns and tries to run for his life this is what killed him because the second he turns to try to run brian the aggressor goes full speed at him he's now running with the knife and unfortunately carson hits that bench he trips over the bench which is a hard unyielding surface with metal bars jutting up out of it and as he falls face first on that bench i am pretty sure he strikes his head on one of the metal bars that's what it looks like in the video then he rolls off the bench onto his back and it looks like brian is pulling him off the bench it's kind of a simultaneous thing you can see the knife come up in the aggressor's hand in reverse grip you know the classic anthony perkins psycho pose and mr carson is now on the sidewalk on he's kind of lying on one side on his leg and on his elbow and he's up for a moment that's when the knife goes in he falls over then kind of rolls and the whole time brian is stabbing him he stabs him in the chest apparently the fatal wound was a strike right into the heart he uh brian then contemptuously turns to walk away while his victim is still completing his death roll on the sidewalk the man's body hasn't even stopped moving and the aggressor is getting ready to walk away but he's not done before he gets done he stops he's walking away he's several paces away he notices the woman in the blue dress i think she might have been talking to him he takes the time to walk up to her and go Ugh. he's he's woofing on her he's he's trying to scare her by lunging at her the only reason she's not dead is because he couldn't be bothered to kill her she was standing there frozen i don't think she fully understands how serious what has just happened is i don't think it's occurred to her that her date is dying on the sidewalk because she's kind of just eh. and then the aggressor takes the time after he barks at her to kick the man on the sidewalk in the chest she takes a kind of furtive movement towards him as if she's thinking of stopping him from kicking poor carson on the sidewalk but she can't quite bring herself to you know actually insert herself between the two of them i don't blame her and then he continues uh brian the aggressor continues to walk away i've been calling him brian all this time because a woman shows up from out of the right hand side of the frame and says brian several times and goes up to the woman in the blue dress and apologizes and says are you okay the date looks at her and says go watch him go watch him as if this woman is with 
Brian the aggressor and is somehow responsible for him was coming to apologize for his behavior also doesn't know that Carson is lying dying on the sidewalk. She stands over him, looks a little confused. She's probably in shock at this point. And then she bends down to sort of see, is he okay? And that's where the video ends. There are so many things that went horribly wrong that could have been prevented. It, 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 the problem isn't that Carson is a leftist activist. That's not what killed him. I, I know a lot of people have been sort of tee-hee-tee-heeing about the fact that he was killed because, yes, he was a far-left activist and one of the very people he was very supportive of is one of the people that killed him. You know, the, the sort of down-on-their-luck street person that leftist activists are always advocating for. But that's not what killed him. What killed Ryan Carson is not having any idea how to defend himself. There's so many things he could have done at any point during that altercation. If, when he saw this guy walking down the street looking agitated, he had just taken his date and gone in the other direction, crossed the street, they never would have come into conflict with him. These two people were not being targeted by the aggressor initially. He was probably involved in an argument with his significant other or something, and he was mad, and he was acting out, or maybe he was on drugs, or maybe he was having some kind of episode, and the woman who was uh, pursuing him was just trying to corral him. But our young couple, uh, Carson and his date, they weren't on his radar initially. They didn't get on his radar until they stupidly walked towards him. The second thing they did wrong was instead of turning and leaving, the second they saw him attacking inanimate objects, you know, kicking things, they persisted in confronting him. That's a mistake too. The third thing he did wrong was when this guy confronted him and said, I will kill you. He didn't just go, I'm sorry, you're absolutely right, and get the hell out of there. He persisted in trying to confront this guy for whatever reason. And it's because he didn't know any better. Now, while he's pushing him away and the guy is coming at him before the knife comes out, he's going, chill, chill, chill. That's, that's like telling your girlfriend when you've had an argument with her to calm down. Telling an angry man to chill when he's already enraged is a mistake. This guy was angry for whatever reason and was looking for an outlet for his anger. So putting yourself in his sights is the absolute wrong thing. Uh, and, and now, don't get me wrong. Maybe he tries any of these things and it doesn't work. Maybe he ends up in an altercation with them none nonetheless. Okay, well, let's say all of these attempts to disengage don't work. He was wearing a jacket. He could have yanked that jacket off and wrapped it around his arm. Now, I don't know if he would have had time for that, but it's a possibility. That would have given him something other than his bare hands when facing somebody with a knife. When you're facing somebody with a knife, it isn't a sinister black magic tool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that. The thing that made me want to do this podcast is that there are people out there who see this video who are saying, well, see, this shows you that knife defense can't work. Knives are such incredibly deadly, dangerous weapons. They're not. Knives are not magic. Knives are the second best self-defense tool you can carry. I will explain myself uh, shortly. But let's say he doesn't do any of that. If he had simply put his arms up with his forearms out, that would have given him something to try and protect himself from not getting stabbed in the chest. He might have gotten slashed. It might have been bad. Um, chances are very good that this knife was not that sharp. 
The average street guy carrying around a knife is not carrying a finely honed razor blade, unless it's actually a razor blade. So the danger to you is not in getting slashed, although that's clearly what changed the tenor of this exchange was when that first strike comes out uh, laterally across Carson's face or neck or wherever it was. The danger is in getting stabbed. That's what's going to kill you. And that's what killed Carson. So had he not made the mistake of turning and running without any real concept of where he was going, he might have survived. He, he was a bigger guy. Physically, it was within his power to overwhelm this dude if he had brought the fight to him. Now, is that immensely dangerous? Yes. Is it risking your life? Certainly. But any amount of aggression would have been better than knocking yourself out and then getting stabbed to death while you're lying on the ground not resisting. Because, and here's my point, when he turned and tripped and body slammed on that, that uh, bench, that probably knocked him out. He was probably dead before he woke up. Like, he probably woke up dead, as they say. Like, I'm not sure he knew what was going on the moment his face hit that bar jutting up out of the bench. You know, big heavy metal bars meant to stop homeless people from lying across the bench. So, <laughs> there's a lot of people who have also given him grief for, like, at some point he's put himself between his date and the bad guy, as you should, as a man. But then... He kind of forgets she exists. About the time, and this is again my theory that he got slashed, about the time that happens and he realizes his life is in danger, she stops existing. And when he turns to run away, she's in the background. She's nowhere in the, on the vector of his travel. He's leaving her behind with the knife-wielding attacker as far as he knows. And of course the knife-wielding attacker forgets that she exists too. He's not interested in the woman. He's interested in taking out this guy who is now the object of his ire for whatever irrational reason. Uh, and then when he sprints after our hero and then takes him out, um, unfortunately, it looks like Carson killed himself by accident. He knocked himself out and made it possible for this guy to stab him to death with no resistance on his part. Um, that woman, again, very lucky that the, the bad guy decided to just leave her. I mean, he's leaving a direct living witness to his crime. And he didn't care. Stabbing someone to death for nothing is not the act of a rational person. So let's not try to find a rational explanation for irrational behavior. But this brings me to the fact that so many people are saying this shows that knife defense is impossible. No, knife defense is not impossible. Knives aren't magic. Uh, they are the second best self-defense tool you can carry because the best tool is a handgun. A handgun is the single best self-defense weapon you can carry. It gives you the ability to neutralize someone from far away. It is extremely powerful in that way. A knife is also extremely powerful because of physics. It, it increases the impact of the amount of muscular force you're able to put behind it by concentrating force into a much smaller area. That is the tip of the knife. If I poke you in the chest with my finger... It hurts more if I'm bearing down with my finger. It hurts more than if I put my flat palm against your chest and push. You'll feel pressure, but you won't necessarily feel pain. If I take the eraser end of a pencil and I shove it into your chest as hard as I can, that will hurt a lot, but it won't kill you because the eraser end is blunt. If I turn it around and stab you with the pencil, it will actually enter your body because we're concentrating force down to that 
tiny, tiny tip of the pencil. That is the principle on which any knife works, any stabbing implement. It's just physics. Well, that means that a knife is essentially a people opener and will enter you and do damage to you with relatively little force behind it. That's what makes the knife so powerful. It requires more force than a gun because you actually have to have some body mechanics to deliver the knife. A gun is just pressing a trigger. So that's why the knife is the second best choice, because it lacks the distance capability of harming you, unless you're some kind of combat knife thrower, and it lacks the uh, complete avoidance of muscle tone. Like, you can be you can be a person in a wheelchair and, and take someone's life with a handgun if you only have the ability to press a trigger. So that's the gap between the two. The gap between handguns and knives is pretty big. But knives are still an immensely powerful weapon. What they aren't is something that should be sensationalized and turned into this sinister, monstrous, black magic tool that no one can survive and that if you see a knife, you must run, run, run. Well, any imbecile knows to run rather than face somebody with a knife if they don't have to. But there are things you can do to defend yourself when you are facing somebody with a knife. It's not impossible. What is probably impossible is defanging the snake, as people say in knife circles. That's knife disarms. Any kind of a technique where you deftly neutralize and strip from somebody's hand the sharp knife that they are holding is probably not something you're going to pull off in real life. People tend to blur the line between defanging the snake and defending against someone who is attacking you with a knife. Defanging the snake, very, very, very hard. Defending yourself against somebody who has a knife, hard, but not impossible. Carson and his bad decisions got him killed because he didn't understand the first thing about self-defense. We've analyzed the things he did wrong along the way. But if he were to go up against somebody with a knife and he actually had some training he actually had some clue of what to do there are multiple options for defending yourself against somebody with a knife you still might die but it's not oh my god he's got a knife i might as well just lie down and die right here and i've seen so many people online especially on x formerly twitter moaning and whining about you know i'd rather be shot i it's a common uh actually a common emotion to say you'd rather be shot than stabbed Everybody can relate to being cut. We've all been cut before. We've all experienced a laceration. If you haven't, you've led a very charmed life. Uh, I stabbed myself in the arm once. I know, you're wondering, how is that even possible? I was standing on a desk trying to cut down something that was hanging from overhead. And I took the dagger that I used as a letter opener that was sticking in my desktop, yanked it out, and went like this. And... As I went to cut the thing hanging over me, the knife plunged itself into the inside of my left arm. And there's that moment of zen when you're standing on a desk and a knife is in your arm and you think, do I leave that in or should I pull it out? So I was fine. Uh, I didn't, I managed not to strike anything really serious. And, you know, the inside of the arm is a bad place to get stabbed because there's lots of important stuff in there. But the fact is, uh, 
getting stabbed is bad getting cut is bad but most people have felt it so they'll say stupid things like i'd rather be shot no you wouldn't getting shot could kill you getting stabbed could kill you you don't want either but knives are not this this just boogeyman of incredible proportions that some people want to make them if you are regrettably after exhausting all other options if you find yourself facing somebody who has a blade and is intent on killing you and we've seen so much footage of this from the streets of cities here and in other countries there's a few things you can do again you can use the outside of your forearms as a kind of shield to protect the really important stuff that's inside your middle the soft nougaty center where you keep all your guts you want to keep them in there you know your heart your lungs your liver your spleen your intestines keep them in there get your forearms out there and try to shield yourself but you're not standing there going i will defend myself <laughs> you have to stay mobile you have to use the terrain to your advantage there were so many things around this guy that he could have used to try and defend himself from somebody with a knife he could have tried to put the bench between him and the attacker uh he could have used a lot of other objects around there there were things lying around he could have picked up and thrown if he'd only had the opportunity to get some distance instead of trying to get distance from his attacker he first closed with him in an attempt to confront him in some way i don't know what the logic was there i don't know why he did that it's not clear from the video what was going on but that was a mistake uh you could focus on okay this guy he's got a knife in reverse grip in his right hand he was also not a like skilled knife fighter there was no technique there when he got carson on the ground and just started stabbing him he was just wailing away so there are things you can do to try and uh shield yourself and attack the knife arm try to move try to get to the outside he could have brought the attack to this much smaller man and gone for his face you know putting your fingers in somebody's face yes the knife is going to come at you yes you're in big danger of getting stabbed but knowing what we know at the end of this story that he got stabbed anyway maybe trying to go out fighting would have been better would have given him more of a chance to survive it's very situational you never really know what you're going to face until you face it so every every altercation is going to be different the options available to you are going to be different <clears throat> what we don't want is defeatism defeatism and sensationalism serve no one screaming that knives are a sinister black magic death mechanism is like all of the the whining and caterwauling about ar-15s every time i hear somebody tell me how uniquely deadly an ar-15 is i laugh because these are people who are telling you they know nothing about firearms the modern quote-unquote assault weapon is a concept that goes back to the aftermath of world war ii it was discovered or decided that combat happens at ranges much shorter then are suitable to the ranges of the cartridges used in the battle rifles of the day what i mean is soldiers were carrying around ammo <clears throat> excuse me ammo that could go much farther than it needed to go to get to the other guy and kill him well those were big heavy bullets and the rifles were big and heavy to fire those big heavy bullets what they did was they made the cartridges smaller so that the soldier could carry more ammunition and so that his rifle could be lighter the result was the that next generation of assault rifles the the ak-47 the m16 um all of it started 
right around the time of the Vietnam War when the M16 was introduced. The AK-47 was already there. The AK-47 was created by Mikhail Kalishnikov. The AR-15 was created by Eugene Stoner. The two men got together one time and held each other's rifles and there was some kind of press thing that happened. I remember Mikhail Kalishnikov was once asked if he felt bad about all the people his rifle design had killed. And at the time he said no. Later in his life he kind of changed his tune on that a little bit. But my point is... Claiming that the AR-15 is uniquely dangerous when it in fact fires a cartridge that you would be hard-pressed to justify using for deer because it's underpowered for that. I don't know as you have any leg to stand on when it comes to your great firearms knowledge. By the same token, people who don't understand knives, who have never trained in knives, or even better, the one guy who was like, I took a knife class once. Did you? Did you take a class? Fantastic. You're now a certified knife fighting expert. I have spent, uh, I, I got into the martial arts in 1993 or 1992. So it's been about 30 years for me. And about 20, 25 of those years I've been actively training with knives and learning to use knives for self-defense and taking classes on stuff like uh, how to cut your way out of a grappling situation or uh, knife classes where we actually did test cutting you know, you take a pork loin and you wrap it in denim and then you take your folding knife and you actually see what it takes to lay a hurtin' on that pork loin. And then hopefully it gets cooked later and everybody eats it. I don't know. Don't know what happened to that one. Maybe it was expired. My point is, you, you acquire knowledge of using knives offensively and defensively and what you would do in a knife fighting situation over time. You can't just take a class once and decide that knives are so impossibly dangerous that no one could possibly face one and live. People have. People do all the time. There are pictures from emergency rooms of dudes with knives jutting out of their skulls and sticking out of their chests who lived to talk about the experience. So, no, and I'm not saying that's the norm, but the point is, knives are dangerous, yes. Knives are powerful. They can hurt you. They can hurt you quickly. But, People survive knife attacks all the time. People do successfully face attackers armed with knives, and they live to tell the tale. Uh, they don't all end up with colostomy bags. I know one guy was like, oh, you face a knife. If you survive, you got a colostomy bag for the rest of your knife. Not necessarily. Depends on where he got you. Everyone loves to paint this bleak picture because it's so exciting to talk about how dangerous a weapon is. But weapons are just tools. They are simply a means of amplifying force. They are force multipliers. If you view them from that perspective, things are a lot less exciting, a lot more mundane. But suddenly your options multiply too. Suddenly you have more options for defending yourself. That's what matters. Just throwing your arms up and saying it's impossible, that's not helping anyone. Now, yes, if we can discourage the youth of America from snapping their fingers and advancing on each other like the sharks and the jets with their switchblades out, by all means, let's discourage them from knife fighting in the streets. But you know what? I'm thinking they're ahead of you on that, and they don't care what you think. So, those of you who got that reference, you're my age. Those of you who didn't get that reference, I'm sorry, I'm old. I'm arguing for perspective and realism approach knives and knife defense and knife fighting and attacks with knives and god help me knife crime approach it with realism 
You will never eliminate blades because anything can be a stabbing implement if you sharpen it. A sharpened toothbrush can kill you. Prisoners in American prisons kill each other every day with improvised weapons they build themselves. Those weapons are up to the task of taking your life, and there's nothing anyone can do in the most controlled environment on Earth to stop these things from happening. That is how impossible it is to stop quote-unquote knife crime. All you can do is deal harshly with people who commit crimes like murder. We don't do that. We let our criminals right back out again. And unfortunately, Ryan Carson was the sort of person who was responsible for policies like that. You could say that what happened to him was karma. I, I don't see any particular need to dance on his grave that way. Um, I'm not saying I'm above it. I didn't know him. I didn't know the guy. I'd never heard of him. The fact is, though, knives are not magic. Stop treating them like they are. All right, I have been Phil Elmore. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.